Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you. Help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Good morning, church. Oh, talk to me this morning. Good morning, church. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 says, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping. Verse 25 says, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So there's a farmer who went out and sowed good seed, but the Bible says while everyone was sleeping, the enemy came. Go ahead and give the person next to you a shake and tell them, stay awake. Stay awake. Now, don't shake them too hard. We don't want to start any fights this morning. Like Pastor said, I got to renew my mind. It's not renewed yet. Don't shake me like that. I don't know what's going to come out of me, right? <laughs> Last week, we started this series called A Renewed Mind. We get it from a verse found in Romans 12, too, where the Apostle Paul is speaking to this group of believers in Rome, people who had already put their faith in Jesus Christ. They, they've asked, him to forgive, uh, asked Jesus to forgive them of their sins, so they trusted him as Lord and Savior of their lives. And it's to that group of people that the Apostle Paul says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. So last week as we started this series uh, called a renewed mind. We talked about what it looks like to have a mind that's ready to be renewed. Because um, really, it's one thing to want mind renewal, but it's a completely different thing to be ready for your mind to change. And Paul is saying, you got to have a mind that's ready to be changed and ready to be renewed and transformed because he's suggesting to believers, he's suggesting to you and I, that we shouldn't just settle for justification, but as followers of Christ, we need to be people who are ready for a life that is completely transformed. Let me say it this way. You could live a life where you're just simply morally modified, but he's saying there's something that's available to you through a relationship with Jesus Christ that's beyond just being morally modified. You could have a life that is entirely altered. And he said the key to this is that you have a mind that is renewed. So you have to have a mind that's ready to be renewed. Last week, we talked about what that looks like to be ready for change. And we talked about the fact that a mind ready for renewal is an open mind, an honest mind, and a humble mind. First off, your mind has to be open to the fact that God can and will do things in your life if you allow him to. That we shouldn't have our mind open to what the world says, but we should have our mind open to what God says. We talked about the fact that we have to have an honest mind. God can't take me where he's trying to take me if I'm not honest with where I already am. We have to be honest where we are in our, each of our own journeys. And then we have to have a humble mind. God can't teach me anything if I already know Everything. That's what we talked about last week. We talked about getting ready for mind renewal. But this week, we're going to talk about beginning the process, starting the process of mind renewal. So I want to invite every person in this room to pray with me. Let's ask God to speak to us today 
in this time right now. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for the fact that you've already showed up in this place. As we've worshipped you, lifted up the name of Jesus, that, that, that you've showed up, that your Holy Spirit's here with us now. And I pray that you would meet with each of us, that every person in this room would encounter you, encounter your love and your grace, and we pray that you would help us right now, that uh, you would open our minds to what you want to do in us today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I remember as a kid, I was afraid uh, of something that would take place um, every once in a while. It was a fear that was created in me for good reason, because um, there were events that took place, and I'm sure it's something a lot of you can relate to. Um, I used to do sleepovers with my friends quite a bit when I was younger, and, and I remembered the fear growing in me of I never wanted to be the first person that fell asleep at a sleepover. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's dangerous. You could wake up with one less eyebrow, you know? I mean, things happen when you fall asleep, when you're not ready for it. And it's not like I was just the innocent party here. I, I took part in this as well. You know, I remember times where we put whipped cream in someone's hand or we, you know, we dumped cold water on someone. There was all sorts of things that happened at sleepovers. And you would think that as I grew up that this would be something that I would process and move forward and heal from. But it wasn't in, until years later when I was actually a pastor on staff here. It was about 15 years ago. I worked in our children's ministry and we did a summer camp. And at this summer camp, um, I realized that this fear came back to life in me. Like, I, I was scared of what was going to happen if I fell asleep. Because really, to start this summer camp, it was a day that I should have been tired. I got up at 5 o'clock in the morning, was here meeting bus drivers and getting ready for the events to unfold and checking kids in. We got them up there. We had activities all day long. I preached there that evening. You would have thought this would have been a night where I would have fallen asleep very easily, but I laid down in my little bunk and, and I closed my eyes, starting to fall asleep, and I heard a noise, and it's like I went back to being 11 years old and just freaked out and thought, which one of these little twerps is about to attack me right now, you know? It, it, it all came back because I realized that things happen when you're asleep. Things happen when you're not aware, when you're not paying attention. And really, I, I find it interesting because in this parable we see in Matthew chapter 13, what Jesus is talking about, he's talking about a spiritual principle. and He's talking about our minds. And, and he gives us an example that's agricultural, that there's a, a farmer going out and he's sowing seeds into the field. And many times we see when Jesus gives these agricultural meanings, a lot of times he, he will be talking about your own personal life, your mind, your thought processes, what's going on in you. So he's talking about Seeds that are being sown into the soil of your mind. And he's talking to us kind of similarly to what I dealt with as a child. He's saying that sometimes things can happen when you're asleep. Things can happen to you when you're unaware, when you're not paying attention. Again, we'll read the verse here. Verse 24 says, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed into his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So the enemy came and sowed weeds. When, did, when did, were the, was the enemy able to do this? It was while they were sleeping, while, while they weren't paying attention, when they were unaware. And, and the Bible says that the man went out and he sowed good seeds. So 
He expected to have a good harvest. That's why a farmer would go out and sow good seed. And thinking, well, because I want a good harvest, I'm going to put good seed out there. I want, I want to put the right things in my field so when it comes time for me to reap the benefits of this, I'm going to have the right things that I'll reap the benefits of. And, and, and he was shocked when the servants went out and looked. As things are growing, he's going, I know I sowed good seed out there, but when I look out there, I see some things that I don't recognize. I see that there's some weeds sprouting up. I see that I didn't plant that, but it's there. Where did this come from? And the servants were confused because they didn't know where the weeds came from. And they didn't understand that the weeds came from seeds. And the seeds came from the enemy. And they didn't know that it was even sown into their field because they weren't paying attention. They, they were asleep. They had stopped being aware of what was going on in their field for even for a moment. They, they stopped paying attention to what was going on in their field and now they're looking out going, I didn't plant that. Where did this come from? And I think that there's a lot of us in this room that can start to relate to and understand this parable and this principle that Jesus is teaching here because when it comes to our own lives, we look at the fact that we're sowing good seed into our own lives. That's why we're here today. It's why we're listening to God's word. It's why we make the decisions to go to Bible studies and small groups. And, and, and it's why we, we worship and spend time listening uh, to, to the word of God as we're trying to fill our mind, fill our lives with good seed because ultimately we want a good harvest. You want your marriage to be strong. You want your kids to grow up and love Jesus. You, you want good things for your life, so you're putting good seed into your life. But what a lot of us have experienced is though we're trying to put good seed into our lives, there can be times when you go out and you look at your life and you go, wait a minute, I just did something or I said something that I don't even recognize. Like, that's not me. Where did that come from? Have you ever done that? You ever said something like just in, in the heat of the moment, and, and, and as soon as the words come out of you, you're like, I, where did this even come from? That's not me. I didn't know I had that type of prejudice in me. I didn't know I had that type of hate in me. Like, what is going, I don't like that. I don't agree with it. Why is it coming out of me? And the Bible showing us here is it's coming out of you because it was sown into you. And it was sown into you while you were asleep. That's why we got to stay awake. Wait a minute, are you saying we shouldn't have rest, we shouldn't have sleep? I mean, the Bible says that God grants sleep to those he loves. He grants rest to those he loves. We're not talking about physical sleep. What we're talking about here is in our spiritual lives. In the soil of our minds, there are some areas where we have to stay awake. We have to stay aware because it's possible for you to go through life and you're getting good sleep at night and you're working in the morning, but, but you're falling asleep and you're sleepwalking through life where you're just allowing things to happen to you that, that you're not aware of, that, that, that you're not paying attention to simply because you're just kind of going through the motions of life, letting everything in. And, and the Bible here is showing us that, that the enemy comes and he tries to sow deception into our lives. He sows weeds into our lives. He tries to sow things into our lives that are going to choke out the truth of God's word. That's why we got to stay awake. We stay awake and we stay alert in our lives because there, there's a strategy from the enemy where the enemy is trying to take bad seed, the lies, the deception that he has, and he's trying to put enough of it into your mind where it chokes out what God is trying to do in your life. And everything that comes from the enemy is bad. 
It's packaged to look good. It's packaged to be something that we would desire, that we could agree with, but, but it all is a lie. In fact, Jesus says this. He points it out very clearly that nothing good comes from the enemy. When he's talking to Pharisees, okay, talking to Pharisees, he says, you belong to your father, the devil. And he goes on and, and talks about the devil. He says, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar, the father of lies. The devil is a liar. He doesn't speak truth. He only speaks deception. And the thing about the devil is the devil wants you to believe that God is a liar too. So he tries to sow deception into your life and mix it in with the truth. So you'll start to think that maybe God is a liar. We see it from the beginning. We see in Genesis chapter 3. In the garden, the, the devil went and tried to deceive Eve. And what happened first is that God spoke to Adam and Eve and showed them in the Garden of Eden that you could have whatever you want. You look around here, there's, there's trees that are full of fruit, they're, and they're all for you. You can have them, eat from them. But he said, there's one tree here that's not good for you, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, this tree right here, it'll hurt you, it'll kill you. It's not good for you. Don't eat of it. It will destroy your life. Stay away from it. But everything else, you can have it. He was giving us free will. He was giving us choice and he was showing us love. But then we see that later the, the devil came in the form of a serpent. He came to Eve and he said, uh, did God tell you that you can't have this? That you can't eat anything here? Like, that's not what God said at all, but he, he starts to sow this seed of deception to Eve. And, and she goes, no, 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 that's not what he said. He said we could have anything but just not that one tree. So, and, and then he twisted and he keeps the conversation going with Eve. And he's like, oh, so yeah, there is something he's holding out on you. He's not, he's not letting you eat of that tree. It's because if you eat of that tree, you're going to be like him. And you, you're going to know what he knows. And he doesn't want to, to know what he knows. So, so really, he's holding out on you. And he started sowing seeds into Eve's mind of deception. He was lying to her, trying to, to take the fact, of, uh, the fact that she was not allowed to touch that one tree. And he was mixing it together with his lies, his deceptions. And what she ended up doing is she believed the lie, and since she believed it, she acted on that lie and sinned and fell away from God. It's where we see the fall of mankind. And, and with this, we go, well, what should she have done? I mean, if she's just walking around innocently in the garden and, and, and she was deceived there, what should she have done? She should have cut off the conversation. She should have stopped talking to the devil. That spiritual warfare is you cut the conversation off. Ephesians chapter 4 says we don't give place to the devil. In fact, it says it like this, Ephesians 4, 27. Do not give the devil a foothold. Let me say it this way. If you're trying to close the door on the enemy, don't leave the door cracked open enough for him to get his foot in there. you got to slam it shut. you got to cut off the conversation. you got to stop the conversation with the enemy because the only thing the enemy is ever going to try to do is, is to sow seeds of deception into you. You think, well, I'm not talking to the devil. None of us are like sitting down at a desk uh, uh, across from the devil. You might feel like it sometimes. Um, but, but none of us are like having a conversation with the devil. What are you talking about? Well, the enemy uses different things where he's trying to sow seeds of deception into your life. And Jesus shows us in this parable that it's possible 
Now, we could have fallen asleep in some areas. We're not paying attention anymore. We're not awake anymore. And we're taking the lies of the enemy and we're ingesting them into our own lives. And now we're starting to see things pop up in our lives that we're going, where, where did this come from? This isn't me. And maybe today you look at some areas of your life and you're going, I didn't even know this was in me. Why, why am I seeing this ugliness come up in me? And today what we're going to talk about, maybe you're seeing that because there's been some seeds that have been sown in your life. And we have got to stop the enemy from sowing those seeds into our mind. You say, well, what does this have to do with the renewed mind? Uh, because we have to have a transformed mind, a changed mind. Well, like, what does this have to do with it? Well, it has to do with it because the first thing to do to get out of a hole is to stop digging. So we have got to recognize that if we want God to renew our mind, we have got to stop letting the enemy plant seeds into our minds that, that are deceiving us and lying to us and keeping us on course with the world as opposed to being on course with what God wants to harvest in our lives. So, we look into Psalms chapter 1 and we see that the Bible says, Blessed is the man who stands not in the counsel of the wicked, nor walks in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is on the law of the Lord. So in Psalms 1 it tells us how to be blessed. And I think a lot of people say, what do I have to do to be blessed? But the Bible first doesn't tell us what to do. It first tells us what to stop doing. <laughs> What, what we need to stop doing, what, what, what we need to stop planting in our minds. And the enemy is trying to plant things in your mind that will steal away the truth of God's word in your life. To just try to choke out what God's already planted in your life that's good. So today we don't have that much time together, but just uh, in this brief moment that we do have together, I want to give you three areas of your life, and I encourage you to write these things down because uh, the mind renewal process takes time. You might have to go back to this, so put it in your phone, write it down, pay attention to this, or make sure you're getting it on a podcast or whatever so that you keep rehearsing these things in your mind so you don't let the enemy sneak in and plant junk in your life. So three areas that you need to stay awake in, that you need to keep attention on, that you need to uh, be aware of so that the enemy doesn't deceive you. There's three areas that you could fall asleep in. Number one, we need to stay awake in the area of our influences. You have to stay awake and, and stay alert in the area of your influences. Let me ask you, in Genesis chapter 3, who ate the fruit? I said this like one minute ago, guys. In Genesis chapter 3, who ate the fruit? Eve. Who else ate the fruit? Where did she get the fruit? Or where did he get the fruit from? Eve, right? Now, Adam trusted Eve. Eve loved Adam, so he took from her from hands that he trusted and ingested something because he trusted her, so he trusted what was being handed to him. Let me ask you, what, what are you taking in right now? What have you received? What are you eating that has been handed to you by hands that you've trusted? Hands that, that love you. And see, she wasn't trying to deceive Adam. She wasn't trying to mess with him. She wasn't trying to hurt him. She loved him, and, and, and he loved her, but she was deceived. So she had a good heart. She, she had the right intentions to try to help her husband, but she was deceived. And I wonder, 
who are you eating from right now that you're eating things from them, you're, you're taking things from them, you're being influenced by them, and, and they, they love you, but so because they love you, you're trusting what they're giving to you, and you're not asking the question, where did this come from? Because like, if Adam would have stopped for a moment and asked, where did this come from? And she goes, oh, the devil gave it to me. Then it would have been a completely different conversation, right? Where did this come from? And I wonder how many of us have been going through life Trusting things simply because they came to us from people that we trust. You know, taking in things because after all, that's the way my grandparents did it. That's the way my mom did it. My mom always said it this way. My, my grandparents always said it that way. So I'm going to believe what they said. It reminds me of the story, I know a lot of you have heard this before, of the, the newlywed bride who, who she was cooking for her husband. So she was going to do a ham. And she, she pulled out the ham. And she cut the end off the ham. And placed it in the slow cooker. And, and the husband was looking at it going. That's strange. She said. Why did, why did you just cut the end off that ham? Because that's the way you're supposed to do it. He goes. That's strange. Because I've never seen that before. Where did you learn that? And she, well my mom always taught me. You cut the end off the ham. I'm sure there's a very profound reason. Why we cut the end off the ham. So you know, that's strange. So. So she called up her mom and said, Mom, why do you cut the end off the ham before you cook it? And she well, I don't know. Your, your grandmother taught me to cut the end off the ham. I have no idea why we do that. Why don't you call her? So she finally calls up the grandma. Grandma, why do you cut the end off the ham before you cook it? And the grandma, oh, it's very simple. I cut the end off because I have a small slow cooker and it won't fit in there otherwise. <laughs> it was handed down, handed down. No one ever stopped to ask the question why. Where did, the, where did this reasoning come from? Where, where did this thought come from? And see, there's a lot that can be passed down to us, different philosophies and ideologies and, and thoughts about God and thoughts about money and thoughts about relationships. And, and we, we think things, well, you know, my mom always said uh, that, that men, aren't, men aren't any good, that they're all the same. See, your mom might love you and trust you, but does she have a heart that's been deceived? Has the enemy planted a seed in her has hurt her, and, and, and her intentions are good, but, but the seed is wrong. And see, you can receive bad seed from good people. And I think that that's something that a lot of us get hung up on, is we think since this is a good person and they love me, I've got to trust everything that comes out of their mouth. I've got to trust everything they teach me. But, but when we do that, we risk allowing weeds to be sown into our mind that will affect us in such a negative way and, and can choke out exactly what God is trying to plant in our lives. And maybe we've got to ask the question, where did this thought come from? Where did this idea come from? Does it even match up to God's word? Can I trust what you're saying here and when we start to ask the question we said do, do I trust where this is coming from do I trust how they got it and then at the same time do I even want this planted in the soil of my life and, and when you ask those questions it causes us to then slow down and go there are certain people that are only going to have so much influence in my life I love them but they can't have all the influence on my life I've been giving them it, it, it makes us say how much time am I going to give them how much weight am I going to put to their words when am I going to talk to them and how long am I going to talk to them because do you realize there's people in your life that, that they're not Monday calls like, like there's people in your life they should wait a little bit before you call them back 
The thing, people calling you up on a Monday and you're going, wait, I don't, I don't have the energy to talk to you on a Monday. This is the beginning of my week. I got a whole week worth of meetings and business ahead of me and being a parent ahead of me. I don't want your negativity on a Monday. I feel better about Friday. I'm calling you back on a Friday because on a Friday, I know I'm going for the weekend so I can hang up on you and get out of here and not have a problem anymore. I feel better about a Friday. I wonder are there are people in your life that you're just giving way too much influence and way too much access to simply because they love you. Maybe what's coming out of their hands is something that we need to stop and go, I need to stay awake in the area of my influences. And not just trust because you love me that what seed you're giving me is good. I got to weigh it against God's word. Is this what God wants for me? So we got to stay awake in the area of our influences. Number two, we got to stay awake in the area of our injuries. In the area of your injuries. See, the enemy will tell you lies that are loud when you're hurt. Because when you're injured, you're open. If you get your heart broke in one relationship, the enemy will start trying to talk to you about all of them. And see, see, all these men around here, all they're all just the same. <laughs> these women here, they're, they're the same as the last woman you were with. And you start hearing the lies of the enemy simply because you're injured. You're, you wouldn't have listened to him before, but because you're hurt, you're open. And, and when you're open to, to, to the demonic uh, lies of the enemy, what you're doing is you're, you're taking in satanic reasoning. What is that? It's reasoning that's based on fact, but it's perverted. It's mixing fact with the truth. So you start to think, since there's a little bit of truth in there, I should believe the whole thing. And you start to make stories in your mind that aren't real. And they're based out of the fact that you've been hurt. So you're opening up and you're letting the enemy speak to you. And you should be cutting off the conversation. But if you let him speak to you, you'll start to let him influence you in ways where, where now you're, you're trusting things that aren't even true. You have a little bit of information. If you had all the information, you'd take a deep breath and go, I was getting this completely wrong. And you're at the office and you're, you're hurt, you're injured, you're emotionally, whatever's going on. And you look up and you see that she walked by and she didn't even say hi to you. And here the enemy comes talking to you. Ah, see? She just thinks she's better than you. You see that? She, walked, she saw you standing right there. She didn't even stop and say a thing to you. Can you believe that? Can you, you know what? She thinks she's better than you. And someone needs to just go tell her that she's not better than you. In fact, everyone in here thinks that way. And someone should tell her, but they're all scared. So what you should do, you should go tell her that not to mess with you. If you just unload on her one time, that'll be the very last time you have to deal with this problem. And, and what is the enemy doing? He's building a story in your head based off one small fact that, yes, she walked by without saying hi. And now he's twisted all of this lies and all this deception. And what's he trying to do? He's trying to get you to ruin your relationships, ruin your witness and your influence of people, all based off of a story that is satanic reasoning, coming out of no truth at all. When you just stop and ask her from her point of view what happened, because she walked by and didn't say a thing, and she's going, i got to get to the bathroom, i got to pee. You know, that, That's the story from her side. I wonder, are you allowing the enemy to influence you in, in, in negative ways simply because you're hurt? And see, the Bible says, um, we, we see here in Scripture, the Bible tells us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. That's Isaiah 54, 17. 
And, and that sounds good, but it sounds good when there's no weapon formed against you. But when the weapon is formed against you and it feels like it's prospering, now all of a sudden it, it, the enemy comes up and he starts lying to you. And, you, and you're, you could be open to it. I've seen it before. I've seen it where people can be open to the fact that, that, that maybe what deception is coming in might have a little bit of truth in it. And we can get confused there. And the enemy can plant into our lives this deception because then we're going, if, if, if I feel like I'm trying to do it God's way and no weapon can be formed against me and now I feel like I'm losing in this battle. Then the enemy comes up and he says, well, see, none of that works. You've been doing all that church stuff. You've been doing all that stuff they talk about. You should just go back to the way you were doing life. Because after all, now it seems like things are harder. Now, now, now you're dealing with difficulty. You're, you, you're just allowing the enemy to be speaking to you in a time when you're injured. And that is a time where you should be awake. It's a time when you go, no, if I'm, if I'm susceptible and I'm hurting right now, then I'm going to stay awake right now and not let the enemy get into the field of my mind. I'm going to lean into Jesus. I'm going to surround myself with people that love God, and I'm going to worship him, and I'm going to lean on him because I know I'm going to come out of this pain. I know I'm going to get healed from it eventually. And when I get healed from it, I'm going to look back and be so thankful that I didn't listen to any of the lies and any of the deception of the enemy. So we got to stay awake, number one, in our influences, number two, when it comes to injuries, and then number three, we've got to stay awake when it comes to the area of education. When it comes to the area of education. First of all, you need to know, when I say education, I'm not talking about academics. I'm not talking about the classroom. You say, well, are you against academics? Absolutely not. The Bible says we're to pursue understanding and pursue knowledge, pursue wisdom. These are good things. Proverbs talks all about the fact that we should be pursuing more education. It's a very good thing. I, I, I continue, I'm a continued learner. I feel like every week I'm always trying to find and understand more because God tells us we need to be people who are pursuing knowledge. But, but really what we're talking about in this area of education that we have to stay awake in is a lot of the way you and I live our lives, we didn't learn in the classroom. We learned it from other ways. We learned it from the information that we consume, whether it be on media, social media, through um, philosophies and ide ideologies from our friends, our loved ones, our coworkers. In, in all these different conversations, we're taking in different information, and sometimes we, we would ingest that information and not even weigh it against the question, is, is this going to match up with what God says is true about my life, or is this just someone else's opinion? And there's a lot of opinions out there. There's a lot of people that are just saying things. They're just talking. My gosh, when was the last time you've been on social media or, or watching the news station? People have opinions about everything. Man, I saw a bumper sticker the other day. I loved it because it just said opinions. <laughs> like People put opinions on their car. They, they put opinions on their Facebook page. They put opinions on Instagram. They do whatever they can to get their opinions out there. And a lot of times we can have this misconception that if I can just consume more information from other people, more opinions, then I'm somehow going to be able to, to know more and be wiser and and really, the Bible tells us that, that we're kind of getting it backwards there. We're, we're, we're missing it there because Romans 1.21 says this. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Their thinking became futile. 
That means their thinking became pointless. Their thinking was unproductive. Their thinking was wrong. They, they, were, they were just having conversations. They were just conversing. Conversing about what? Philosophies and, and, and ideologies and, and all sorts of things. Disagreements about this and that. And there's conversations, just more and more and more talk. And what does it all add up to? It adds up to absolutely nothing. But there's a lot of it. And it sounds impressive. It sounds like if you can keep up in the conversations and if you could put your two cents in the conversation that you would know more, that, that people would respect you more. And it seems like a person might be wise when they can keep up in these conversations. But the Bible here is saying it all just adds up to nothing. It's just talk. Just talk. Like the old southern preacher would say, are, are, are you talking or are you saying something? Because there's a difference and we go through life where everyone around us is talking, nonstop, just talking, talking, talking. It says, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. So they became fools, and they didn't know it, because do you understand what I'm saying here? They, they were trying to become wise by having more conversations and, and talking more, getting more education from the world. And by thinking that they were becoming more wise, they were actually, according to the Bible, becoming fools. They were allowing more weeds to be planted in their field. More lies, more deception, more of this opinion and that opinion. And I wonder, do you have way too many people who have access to the field of your mind? Because there are people who get famous on social media, famous on YouTube, famous on Facebook, talking about things that they can't even do themselves. There, there are people who are famous talking about uh, philosophies that they can't prove it, they can't do it themselves, it's not proven, and, and we're listening to it, we're ingesting it, that they're getting payment by advertisements and stuff like that simply because we're consuming it, we're taking it in, and none of it is proven. None of it's even close. Who are you letting speak into your mind? Are you allowing someone to educate you based on the fact that they have influence with you because of some other talent that they have? Maybe they're an actress and because you have, they have influence with you because you like their acting. Are you allowing them to speak into your life in some area that actually matters? Think about this. She's an actress, and so I'm taking information from her on my marriage. Wait a minute. Let's think about this. So... She makes her living pretending, therefore I'm going to give her access to my marriage and how I'm going to think about what I'm going to do in my marriage simply because I like her pretending. Guys, are you stopping for just a moment to say, wait a minute, is this seed that's being planted in my life, is it good seed or is it bad seed? And we can only ask that question when we line it up against God's word and say, okay, is this what God is planting in my life or is this coming from somewhere else. Guys, we have to stay awake. We have to stay awake because we have a God who loves us and is trying to bless us and is planting good things in our lives, but we have an enemy who is trying to wait for us to put our guard down or get hurt or let some other influence or education into our life where we're now taking deception and lies and letting it into the same mind and the same ground. Why? Because he wants to choke out the very things that God wants to do in your life. I know we're, we're basically out of time now, so I want to ask you to stand to your feet with me. And in closing this week out, and as we're going to continue to talk about this next Sunday, I hope you would leave 
receiving in your heart and knowing that, that God wants the best for you. John 10, 10, Jesus says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. That, that he wants your mind transformed and he wants your life transformed and he wants your marriage healthy and he wants your kids healthy and he wants you to be strong and, and, and diligent in everything you do. He wants you to receive the harvest that he's planting in your life and you say, okay, well, it, for me to be able to do that and just to cut off the enemy and not let these influences into my life and stay awake in these areas, I need some sort of model. I mean, what does this look like? How do I do this? I think we can look at Jesus and see that Jesus was the perfect model of not allowing the seeds of deception to be planted in his life through these areas. Because he had influence in his areas, in his life. And we see when he was young and he went to the temple, Mary came and started talking to Jesus about how worried he was that she, he wasn't with her. And, and, and Jesus' response to the woman that he knew as mother and loved and knew loved him, uh, he saw that this wasn't part of God's plan. So he spoke to her and said, I, I know you love me, but I'm not going to receive that. He said, don't you know I need to be about my father's business? It's like, I know you love me, but I, I, I'm going to weigh what's important to God first before I'm going to weigh what's important to you. And then, and then we see that later it could have been injuries that that the enemy could have tried to plant seeds in Jesus' mind. We see that Judas betrayed Jesus. And Jesus could have taken that betrayal and said, okay, if I'm trying to go to the cross and die for Judas, and he's willing to betray me like this, maybe he's not worth it. Maybe mankind's not worth it. But no, he didn't allow his injuries, his, his time of hurt, to let the enemy into his field. And when it came to education, Jesus, the wisest man ever walked the face of the earth. We, we know there's no comparison. When he was 12 years old, he, he's in the temple um, uh, communicating with rabbinical scholars about uh, scripture and understanding of the law. So incredibly wise, but he never let his understanding and his knowledge and, and more people's opinions get in the way of faith. Because it was in Gethsemane when, when, when Jesus was not leaning into all the things he's heard and all the things he might understand from other people. He was leaning into to God going, God, um, this is a difficult cup. I, I wish you could take it away from me, but if you can't, help me out here. Let's have your will be done. He leaned into faith, and I want to encourage you, as we try to be the people who have renewed minds, we have got to look to the only one who was the perfect model for this. We've got to look to Jesus. You don't have your mind renewed by just trying. You don't have your mind renewed by just saying, I'm, I'm going to do better at this. What, what you do is you look at Jesus and you see how he did life and you say, I'm going to do it his way and I'm going to trust in him and I'm going to ignore the enemy. I'm not going to talk to him. I'm not going to converse with him. I'm not going to let him in in any area of my life. So that's my prayer for you today, that we would be the type of people who cut off the conversation with the devil. We don't let any weeds get planted into the, the fields of our lives. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love for us. And we pray that as we're taking this journey of, of really transforming the way we think, transforming our minds, changing the way we think, that God, we would get in perfect line with where you want us to be. And I know there's people in this room that some of us, you're talking to us about the influences we need to cut out. Some of us, you're talking about injuries where, where we go, okay, I'm sensitive right now. I need to be leaning into God and not leaning into anyone or anything else. And then, um, God, when it comes to education, 
There's just too much talk. And God, I pray that you would help us close off what everyone else's opinions are and that, God, instead we would lean into and listen to what you have to say, your unchanging word, your word full of truth. So, God, we thank you for your love, and we pray that you protect our minds. We pray that you'd help us, that as we leave here, we'd look more like you, we'd love more like you, and that, God, we'd be changed to be more like you. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Let's give him a shout of praise before we go today. Love you guys. See you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord and confess that you are my savior, that you died on the cross for my sins and you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven with you. And God, I ask you this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need additional prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.